it uh is it Saturday yet? Is Saturday like eight fifteen? I mean, that's all I could really think about. Is there anything else? And we'll get into the Jets stuff with their mess. I mean, we knew the Jets screwed up when they fired LaFleur. What do you think? They're going to be able to find some offensive coordinator that's worth anything now? Bevel, of course, turns them down. Ooh, I got the answer. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, that's going to get Jet fans excited. But, and, and you know, the Knicks suck. I don't, even though, excuse me, the Knicks don't suck, but they're not any good. They're, they're terrible at home. I can't get into them at this particular point. Uh, you know, Brunson, whatever, but I can't get into the Knicks to start the show with them. And we'll get into the Mets and their DH situation as we go along with the show with uh, Tommy Pham and all you know all that that brings. I actually like the Pham move. I just don't like the Vogelback move, keeping Daniel Vogelback in the DH spot. And basically now the Mets lineup is set, and it's not good enough. But, I mean, you got to continue talking about the Giants here. This is what it's all about. We don't know if the run is going to end on Saturday night. And while the Giants are front and center, I mean, we got to continue to talk about it. And what a remarkable story it has been for this team that now, you know, instead of being the remarkable story, the little engine that could, well, now they're here. This is it. And there is, you know, I was talking to, uh, I was actually doing an interview today for something about uh, previewing that game. And, you know, they were asking about, well, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? And I thought it was an interesting question because, my, look, I don't know what's up with Jalen Hurts, right? Does anybody really know what's going on with Jalen Hurts? I don't know if the Eagles are letting that information out there. Do we know, you know, is he 100%, whatever. But the feel is that Hurts, just the gut feel based on everything that we've seen and, and heard about, he's he's not going to be 100%. And Wink Martindale could say, well, I expect him to be 100%. He's not on the injury report, whatever, but... I don't get the feel that Hurts is going to be 100%. And we won't truly know until game time. But the feeling that I have is that it makes me feel a little bit better about potentially picking the Giants to win that game. Not saying I'm there yet. I still don't have any idea which way I'm going to go. Right now, I would lean Eagles still to win the game. But I would not bet against the Giants the way that I did last week. Wouldn't do that with with Dable and the way that Daniel Jones played because the Giants, they're rolling. And to me, you know, when you look at Jalen Hurts and the possibility of him not being a hundred percent, and it at least being a question mark and a talking point, that is there. That's a real thing. That favors the Giants. The fact that the Giants, I think, have the head coaching advantage with Brian Dable over Sirianni. I mean, I've never liked that doof Sirianni. He's done a nice job, and this year they were the best team in the NFC, obviously, but. I still favor Brian Dable even in year one for him. So that would be a check in favor of the Giants. And then you think about it, where the Giants have played their best football the last two games that mattered for them. Throw out week 18, and it's funny how people keep referencing, oh, well, the Eagles beat them twice. Yeah, but one of the games the Giants weren't even really trying. They didn't play any of their starters. So it's really only one time that they faced each other that mattered. I didn't even watch that game. Come on, it's week 18. You think I'm watching a meaningless football game? You got other stuff going on. Giants aren't playing their starters. They're showing you they, they don't care. Why should I care? So that game doesn't mean anything. And really, neither game means anything at this point. As I was saying yesterday, anything that happened prior to really the postseason, but even prior to the Colts game for the Giants is relevant as well. Some big wins in there, some poor performances in there. It doesn't matter if they're hot right now. They are rolling. They are hot at the right time. Their best two games have been their last two games, meaning the Colts game and, of course, the Vikings game. And not just them as a team 
who, by the way, they're also getting healthier, right? This is the healthiest the Giants have been, specifically with their defense. So it feels like everything's coming together for the Giants at the right time. But maybe the most important is Daniel Jones, where you've never seen. We've watched Daniel Jones for four years. That's a long time, four years. And he's never looked better than he has in the last two games that have meant something for this team. Week 17 and now the wild card round. So all those things to me make me feel good about the Giants going into this playoff game. Plus, you know, the narrative, if you were trying to go against the Giants, and this didn't bother me last week, but one of the narratives was, oh, well, you know, young team, postseason, lack of experience. Dable shot that down right away. But there is a human element to it that the Giants had to deal with. To a point where Saquon Barkley is asking Michael Strahan, hey, what is it like in the postseason? Is it different? And now they know. No, Saquon Barkley now got a taste of it. And I'll tell you something else. All the talk has been about Daniel Jones, and rightfully so. And even Hodgins got a ton of love, right? The defense, Dable, whatever. No, defense guys coming back, and Adoree Jackson and, and Wink shutting down Justin Jefferson, all that. I think Saquon Barkley is getting overlooked here. And they may not have needed him as much in Minnesota. And Daniel Jones was great running the football in the first half himself. They're going to need a big performance from Saquon Barkley. And I'm not going to doubt that they could get it. He looks right now like a man possessed. Saquon Barkley, if you go back and watch the games from a year ago, where I would joke around saying Saquon Barkley would be better off on Dancing with the Stars than he is in the NFL. He's dancing behind a line of scrimmage. Hit the hole. Let's go. And I know he's coming back from injury, but he just looked like a shell of his former self. Saquon Barkley, too, is playing excellent football right now. I don't know if I'd say the best because obviously he had a great rookie year, but Saquon Barkley looks like a beast right now. Unstoppable. And... Maybe where the focus from Philadelphia, and I get that Philadelphia's defense is not Minnesota's. I, I've heard that. I also don't like that narrative that, oh, well, the Giants only did it against the Colts and the Vikings. No, forget about what the other team, we know what the other teams are. We know the Colts were crap. It was still an impressive performance from the Giants and Daniel Jones. We know the Vikings aren't very good defensively. Still an impressive performance from Daniel Jones and the Giants offense. But you look at what Saquon Barkley could do and what will he'll need to do. That's there. That potential is there. Daniel Jones playing his best as well. I mean, that is a and you could throw in Hodges if you want. I mean, you talk about now adding a potential weapon through the air as he has become one. Daniel Jones helped him. Obviously, he's developed here nicely. But you look at what the Giants' strengths are. They're, it feels like they're refreshed. It feels like they're healthy. It feels like they're playing. They've upped their level for the postseason. And I don't think it should be overlooked what Barkley can do in this game. He's got the ability to take over. Right, Philadelphia's defense significantly better than Minnesota, or obviously the Colts. But I trust Brian Dable and the Giants coaching staff to come up with the proper game plan, if that means more Saquon, whether it's the first half, you know, let's say less runs, less design runs from Jones. And I did tell you that in that wild card game, the thing that impressed me most was the fact that 
you know, Daniel Jones was effective with his legs, not just on the designed runs or the RPO, but the broken down pass play. That is something that is, I mean, invaluable. It's the most dangerous a running quarterback can be. You want somebody who could sit back there, survey the field, nothing's there, tuck it and run. Hard for the defense to game plan for that. And then they come up and spy you. That means there might be somebody else open. So you look at the way that teams are going to have to game plan for Daniel Jones, who is a dual threat quarterback. It's not just about the design runs. It's about the broken down pass plays as well. But he ran the ball, I mean, effectively, obviously, in the first half. But I thought a little bit too much. I think there's got to be a better balance for the Giants going into Philadelphia on Saturday night where you're going to need to see a nice heavy dose of Saquon Barkley pound it against that Eagles run defense. And I believe they will. You know, look, Dable knows a lot more than we know. And I trust that he's going to come up with the proper game plan to attack Philadelphia. And I would anticipate being a little bit less design runs for Daniel Jones. And see if you can get Barkley going early on. And then off of that, obviously, open things up in the passing game for Daniel Jones. And if the you know, nothing is there through the air, tuck it and run with it like you did so effectively. But right now, I know logically you have to factor in the entire season. You factor in the expectations as well. And with that, and I, I've said it, I do this myself. Oh, I said it last week. Oh, I can't really see this Giants team making it to the division around. Can you imagine this Giants team with zero expectations coming into the year? making it to the divisional round in the NFC. They're really going to be one of the final four teams. Really? Please, come on. That's not going to happen. And the Giants have beaten the Minnesota Vikings. And it did happen. So I don't want to get caught up in that same mentality where can I really see the Giants in the NFC championship game this year? The answer to that is no, I cannot. However, if I take out the big picture, the preseason, the expectations, some of the struggles that we saw throughout the course of the regular season, and just go based off of what has been the last couple of weeks or the last game, you know, the last two games that they've tried in, they've looked like a different team. That Colts game, they looked like a different team. Giants haven't squashed anybody all year. We expected them to go out there and handle the Colts. We needed to see them go out there and handle the Colts, and they did. They squashed them. Biggest game of the year, they stomped them. Same thing with the wild card game. They went into Minnesota and they did it. Put together a total team effort, a complete effort. I mean, obviously the defense gave up more points than you like, but still, good enough to win, shut down Justin Jefferson. They did plenty. Making big tackles when they had to, big plays when they had to. The offense clearly carried them, but the offense was the part that I wasn't sure was going to be up to match their defense in that game. But it did. So everything right now is clicking for this team. Win or lose, this is how you want it going in if you're the Giants. You could not be in a better spot going into this game Saturday night. Get that first playoff game now under your belt. The experience, Dable, Jones, Barkley, defense healthy. Familiar opponent and a familiar opponent that has their MVP not quite 100%.
and only time will tell. We will see what happens with Jalen Hurts on the field on Saturday night. I would expect he's going to be, you know, ready to go. Obviously, I expect he's going to be dangerous and good. But is he a hundred percent? And how close is he from, you know, potentially? We talked about if he gets hit the wrong way. I know Hurts himself said he's got the um, bounty on him. I don't think that's the case. Giants aren't going out there trying to hurt him, but. You know, I mean, you never know what could happen. Point is, Giants have a shot. You've got to be, if you're a Giant fan this week, really leading up to the wild card game, during the wild card game, after the wild card game, this is what dreams are made of. This week is all about Big Blue. Eight, seven, seven, and what they could do here, trying to get to the NFC Championship. Can you imagine? I can't even. Can you imagine coming on next week talking about the Giants in the NFC Championship game this year out of nowhere? That would be more shocking to me than either of their two Super Bowl runs in 2007 and 2011, which I always refer to as two of the more incredible runs in the history of the sport. Twice they did it. Unlikely. Super Bowl runs. Twice. This, to me, making the, forget about winning, getting to the NFC Championship game would be even more shocking than that. 877-337-66. 66, whatever's on your mind on this Thursday morning. It is Thursday, right? Uh, yes, it is Thursday morning. Have to check. I'm all over the place with the days, uh, as you know, you know, coming and going, daytime schedule, nighttime schedule, overnight, whatever. But it is, in fact, Thursday as we get closer and closer to that marquee matchup Saturday night. Talk about Giants playoff football here on The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. the fan 877-337-6666 so we start talking about the Giants I cannot wait for that game my focus this week is on nothing well outside of uh when I go to SNY and do a baseball show my focus this week is on nothing other than the divisional round of the playoffs matter of fact I'm even working Saturday night I told SNY I would do so now from the comfort of my own home of course after that game but I want to lock in Watch that game. No messing around. No watch party. Sorry to disappoint. I know everybody wanted to hang out and go watch the game with me. The two of you out there, Hector, uh, maybe Eric, maybe three, Robin Lake Success. By the way, where the hell has Robin Lake Success been? Um, I haven't talked to him in forever, especially with his Giants in. You'd think he'd be calling me all the time, but uh, I guess he's not up at these hours anymore. Good for him. At least somebody made it out of here. Anyway. I'll be working Saturday night on SNY after the Giants post game, so uh, react immediately, and then Sunday back on the fan for the football Sunday show with Moose, as I've been doing on these Sundays. So really looking forward to it, and obviously this is you know Wild Card Weekend is great. I told you these are the best two weekends in sports. Wild Card Weekend is great, Divisional Weekend same thing, but the games are better the divisional round. You got three marquee matchups. No question about it. The only one I don't even think is marquee, and it's still a big game, obviously, Chiefs and Jaguars. Still a good matchup, just not, I mean, the other ones are just tremendous. Giants, Eagles, come on. Bengals, Bills, especially after what happened with DeMar Hamlin's situation on Monday Night Football a few weeks back. And then Cowboys, Niners, come on. This is a this is potentially an all-timer 
uh, with the divisional round with these matchups. Anyway, we got the baseball going on as well, as we mentioned earlier with the Mets and their DH situation. And, you know, the Mets agreed a one-year deal with Tommy Pham, one-year $6 million deal for Pham, which I like it. I mean, I wanted Duvall because of the sheer power that Adam Duvall provides, but Duvall wanted more playing time, so he goes to the Red Sox. And the Mets missed out on McCutcheon. They missed out on Duvall. They end up with Tommy Pham. They needed another bat. I Pham hit 17 homers last year uh, between the Reds and the Red Sox uh, in like 144 games, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I looked that up earlier in the day. And uh, the reason why I referenced the home runs is because that's what they need, power. But he's not going to be a power bat. He's a guy who could do a little bit of everything. But I like his professionalism. I like his edge that he plays with. Uh, I think Tommy Pham can be a solid contributor for the Mets as a fourth outfielder slash DH. My issue is that, remember, you're now looking at a team that went from adding Carlos Correa to, in my mind, they would have had Correa at third and Eduardo Escobar as the DH. So now, no Correa, Escobar to third, all right, so he's still in the lineup. But now, when you look at DH, it's Daniel Vogelback and Tommy Pham instead of, you know, potentially Darren Ruff. He's still going to be on the team because right now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he the backup first baseman of Pete Alonso? Uh, I you know, get a look at the roster and see how everything shakes out after spring training, which, by the way, is only, you know, 30 days away or whatever it may be. But they went from a lineup with Correa and Escobar in it to a lineup with just Escobar and now Daniel Vogelback, essentially, instead of Carlos Correa. And that's a significant drop-off. And I'll ask you again, I'm not trying to pick on Daniel Vogelback here, and I know Mets fans love him. Vogie! And, you know, my niece Riley loved him, too. But... I don't think that she loved him for what he does on the baseball field. Because if I ask you, what does Daniel Vogelback do on the baseball field? What would your answer be? Seriously. Because the answer that I keep hearing is, oh, OPS. Oh, look at he gets on base. Oh, he draws walks. Yeah, that's great. A guy like Vogelback who cannot play the field, who cannot run, should be mashing dingers. That should be his job. So he can't field, he can't run, he can't hit for power, he doesn't hit for a high average. What exactly does Daniel Vogelback do? Well, he draws walks. Well, that's great. Guess who the last guy on the Mets team that I would want to see drawing a walk is? The answer is Daniel Vogelback because he clogs up the base paths. I mean, I'm just giving you the facts here. I'm spitting facts like Stan Van Gundy. 877-337-6666. Gary is calling from the Jersey Shore. What's up, Gary? Uh, hey, Sal. What's up? That's exactly what I want to talk about was uh, this Tommy Pham thing. Do you think this means Darren Ruff isn't on the roster? I have to look at the numbers, but I believe Ruff is still going to be there because who's the backup first baseman then? It's not, it's not going to be Vogelback, is it? Uh, does Vogelback even play first? Can he I it? mean, he has, but... There's a difference of can he do it and can he do it effectively. And do you think Sam maybe plays some left and and maybe can assist? Yeah, I think that that's a possibility. I think Fam is going to be a guy who's going to find himself a bunch of at bats, being versatile in the outfield. Let me look at the. I'm just trying to bring up the Mets depth chart here. I think Fam's going to find himself some ABs. He'll get some DH. He'll be in the lineup to spell. Canna, potentially Nimmo. Remember, too, you got to keep Nimmo healthy. There's always some issue with Nimmo where he's banged up throughout the course of the year. 
Um, but he'll get he'll get at bats. He's not just going to be a bench player. It's going to be limited, but he's not just going to be a bench player. So at first at first base right now on the where am I at? I'm on is this MLB. I'm on the MLB.com Mets Mets depth chart right now, and it's as we suspected at first base their depth chart. And I guess this is according to the forty man, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Alonzo, Vogelback, Ruff, and Vientos. But but I mean Vogelback is not. <laughs> He's not, I can't play first base. Yeah. What about Brett Beatty? Well, Beatty's a third baseman. And here's what's going to happen with Beatty and Alvarez. They are going to be in the minors. The Mets want those guys to learn in the minors. They want Beatty to become a better defender at third base and put the finishing touches on his offensive game and make sure when they call him up, he's ready to go. Not, eh, let's see if he's ready. He might be ready. Maybe. No. He's ready. He's our third baseman. That's going to be the Mets' plan, likely next year. Now, that doesn't mean you won't see him contribute potentially this year. But as far as him being the third baseman, that will likely be next year. And Alvarez, they want him to catch. So to get him better as a catcher, he's not going to be up here as a DH, certainly not to start the year. I I totally agree with that. I think Alvarez is the catcher of the future, and he's got to learn how to catch. But I agree, it, too. But then don't you think they need a real DH? Yeah, it seems to me they're gonna, it's like a $400 million team, and their DH is who again? You know, it just doesn't right. seem right. Right, and I'm not saying you got to go out there. You're exactly right, Gary, and thank you for the call. I'm not saying you have to go out there – and spend a ton more money. Like, as badly as I wanted Correa before the he agreed to the Giants and that whole thing fell apart, and then obviously, you know, subsequently the Mets, before that, I wanted Correa, but even I was like, ah, it's not realistic. You can't ask that of them. And then, you know, the way things went, they actually did agree to a deal, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And then the letdown, of course, and that's fine. We're over it. You move on. But now who's going to replace that? And there isn't that bad out there. Fine. However, you could have upgraded better at DH than just Daniel Vogelback. That's my point. Now, is Tommy Pham going to be the regular guy and maybe not Vogelback? Maybe. We'll see. I hope it's not a platoon because if it is a platoon, righty-lefty, you're going to see more of Vogelback because you're facing more righties. I don't want – here's the thing. It, it And trust me when I tell you it is not personal. Vogelback seems like a great guy. I'm sure he is. Very nice guy. Uh, it's what he does on the baseball field or doesn't do. Matter of fact, I don't even see him on the baseball field because he doesn't play the field. And that would be fine if he could actually hit. But he's not a great hitter either. A great hitter to me either A, hits for power, or B, hits for a high average. He does C, neither. He looks for walks. Imagine that. A guy of Vogelback stature looking for walks. To what? To get on the base paths and go station to station? Come on now. They need to do better there. I'm fine with Tommy Pham. I like that move. He's a ball player. Is he an all-star? No. But you need to pair him with somebody better than Vogelback. To your point, this is a team that has the highest payroll in Major League Baseball. And their DH spot is subpar, to say the least. And the letdown is, if you think about it, like we said, it's Correa versus Vogelback. Because Escobar, at least in my mind, was going to be here. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? 
I just, you know, I just watched Rocky one. Literally, just watched it. I just watched Rocky five with my wife. She never seen it in her life. I said, "You never seen this." Never, she saw Rockies, but not Rocky Five. Or she didn't just... see any Rockies. <laughs> and then why'd you start with five? It was on, oh. so I just I just turned it on. It was right on TV. So if, if there's if there's one Rocky that I would suggest not starting with, if you've never seen him, it would be Rocky Five. I know. You know, I do like it though. I like how you know you know he had everything and he hey, had yo, Tommy. Hum- humbled family. Hey, yo, Tommy. <laughs> I didn't even know Bell. I'm with you. I like the movie too, but it just wouldn't be the first one that I'd show somebody. I know. I got. I got to show her the rest. She's she's enjoying it though. She was, you know, trying not to pay attention, and she started getting into it. I said, yeah, it's, it's, you know. I'm in the middle. Movie, I decided. I had it on my list. I wanted to do a Rocky marathon, and I finally started it last night. So I watched the majority of Rocky one, and then I just finished it uh, a little bit later, uh, a little bit earlier. So I'm done with Rocky one. On to Rocky two as we yeah. go on. Yeah, you know, I am going to start off with the, with the whole thing with her and show her the whole series and everything. Yeah, I'm not going to watch those other ones. I didn't even watch those yet. Oh, like no, the they're great. Balboa. Oh, it no, is. dude. Yeah, Balboa, Rocky Balboa may be my favorite of all of them, honestly. Oh, oh man, I got to watch it then. All oh, right. It's a great, me... No, it's a great story. Rocky Balboa. Yeah. So it goes, yeah, it goes one through five and then Rocky Balboa, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the Creed movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which were also right. good. But, oh, uh, no, I highly recommend Rocky Balboa. It was great. All right. I'm going to watch that. Well, being with the Rocky, this is what Philly, uh, this is what the Eagles are going to say to the Giants. Hey, you knocked him down, try knocking me down. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they're going to do. They're going to have to humble the fans, you know, this, this weekend because they're all, look, I said from the beginning of the year, this is the worst thing that could have happened to them is having to pay Daniel Jones, who's average, $45 million a year. Because they're complaining that you can't, you don't got the weapons, you don't got the weapons. You're not getting the weapons. You have to pay this guy and take on all this money, you know, this year. And yeah, but Chris, we'll, we got to disagree there. And I know you're not a Giants yeah. fan, no, but I hate Giants. well, yeah, man, I could tell. What was the first clue? <laughs> I could tell, but you can't say it's the worst thing that could happen when they actually developed finally their franchise quarterback. Well, He's we hope guy. that we hope this because look, he had two good games. One against the crappy Colts at the end of the year, and this game, which was a good game, but we all said even Geo. Said that that off that defense is, is what the thirty first rank. It's a hard, it's a horrible defense. You know, like you know, Daniel Jones is going to be running from his life this this week instead of running like he's a, a running back. Well, we'll you see. Know, and, you, you might be right. Now, we'll see. Yeah, now, go ahead. And and look, you were gone beginning this week, and Fleet can contest when you know McKee was on. Yeah, look, Monday I was losing my mind this week. Monday you had McKee on. You had a call a call to say he's better than the other guy in Kansas City. Literally called him the other guy. The, uh, the guy, the guy right. in Kansas City. And then Tuesday, you had a guy called EJ saying he's better than Eli Manning. Like, look, this, you know, these are, this is what happens. Look, you win one, you win one, uh, well, that's what, game, yeah, that's what makes people lose nuts. lose your freaking mind. And then you're already talking about, like, Brett last night, you talking about, you know, he was saying all oh, year they're going to the Super Bowl. Now you're saying, no, no, it was a Super Bowl run. No, 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 you said they're going to the Super Bowl. Right. But now you have to get through. The thing is, if you're so, so good, I was just telling Fleek, if you're so good, you're hoping for a hurt Jalen Hurts. You're hoping he is hobbled to win. If you can compete, you want full strength. Here's then- here's the thing, though, Chris. And, and look, I understand you're a Giants hater. Oh, I hate him. Yeah, I know, but you're you're not in a good spot right now because they are no. they are yeah. one of the final four teams in the NFC, and they have a chance to go to the championship game. Nah. It's going to be intolerable. You will not want to the Giants. Yeah. To your point, guys like Brett on Long Island have been talking about Super Bowl for weeks here. I mean, come on. So, 
as a Giants fan, you 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 want to see them obviously go go around. As a football fan, you don't want to see you don't want to see Giants and, and most likely 49ers. You want to see Philly 49ers and Bills in Kansas City or even the Bengals in Kansas. You don't want to see the Giants there because Giants can get smoked in San Francisco. You know no, that. I don't. No, I, no I, I'm honestly, Chris. I'm I'm beyond that point. And thank you for the call, dude. I appreciate you checking in. Good luck with your Giant hating. I am beyond that point. I, if you were to ask me going into the playoffs, and some of you did, and I think I answered, I would have said, yeah, the Giants aren't going to, they're going to get smoked by Philadelphia or San Francisco. And look, that still may be the case. Anything can happen on any given Sunday or Saturday. But after what I saw in Minnesota, see, I didn't think that this offense, at least right now, had that in them. I didn't think Daniel Jones and this Giants offense had that type of performance in them where they could not be stopped. I get that the Vikings defense sucks, but that was a that was a machine. The Giants offense performed like a machine. After getting down 7 nothing no less. They came right back down the field. The Giants, they looked like a different team. I haven't seen that team all year. That's why I can't sit here and say, well, I know they're going to get smoked. I can't say that anymore. There are three teams other than them that are left in the NFC. And I don't think the NFC has been particularly good this year. We talked about that as well going into the postseason. I never trusted Minnesota. I haven't thought Philly was the best team. I've been on the Niners and Cowboys all year long. But you're telling me the Giants couldn't beat the Cowboys? What, if Dak has one of those bad games, they couldn't beat them? And the Niners may be a little bit more challenging. They're probably the best team in it. But even they have a third-string quarterback in in Brock Purdy. Think about it. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win. I'm saying that they can win that game. Linda's calling from Forest Hills. What's up, Linda? Hi, Sal. How you doing? Good, Linda. How are you? Good. Listen, Sal, if it wasn't for you, I feel like I was alone on an island with regards to this Mets team. I was watching, <clears throat> excuse me, the show today, and you were basically saying word for word what I have said since last trade de- deadline in August. You know, <clears throat> I hear Mets fans saying that, you know, we're spoiled, you know, by Cohen and, like, you know, we have the thought process, like, Oh, the Will Ponce will own the, own the team. Mm-hmm. It's not that. We're not spoiled. We know Steve has money. It's just my problem is Billy Epler, Sal. Billy Epler and his inability to identify team need and, co- and correspond that need with the appropriate player. Well, who did you even... want, though? Who, you got to give me the person that you want. If you're picking on specifics with Epler, who would you have wanted? Okay, I don't have a problem with Fam. Fam's not the issue. He's a fourth outfielder. Fine. Right. I like Fam. I think he could be a solid player. Yeah, I think my fans I, will fine. like him. Exactly. Adam Duvall, J.D. Martinez, Josh Bell, when he was on the board. Before, before Correa became an option, even, there were so many names on the board that could have been had to fill that need for power. And he just... He has... He had the gall to say this week that this lineup was strong and deep. 
Where? Well, I get what he's saying to a certain extent. I mean, you look at the numbers last year, and obviously the Mets were better in the first half of the year than they were the final month. But the lineup is not a bad one. It's not like they're a bad lineup. They are strong, and they are a deep lineup. However, it's not strong or deep enough. They need I more. Agree. And and he I think he knows that. The owner knows it. So you better believe Billy Epler exactly. knows it. Exactly. My point is, Sal, he's had two chances now, last trade deadline and this offseason so far, to address that one piece that even Cohen told fans that he knows they're missing. He's had two chances now to address that need, and he's failed. It's likely going to be something that is going to be addressed, Linda, and thank you for the phone call as always. It's likely something that's going to be addressed in or at the trade deadline, in season. I don't anticipate, and I don't know this, I don't anticipate the Mets making any more moves to their lineup, or at least significant moves to their lineup. I mean, you could start to crunch the numbers if you look at it. I haven't looked at it in a while, like we said, we just brought up the the depth chart before, and who knows what the exact moves you know that need to be made as far as the forty man and all that stuff. But you look at the Mets right here; they're pretty much they're pretty much set. Hey, did Trevor Williams sign anywhere? Fleegs, do you know? Yeah, Nationals. Oh, he signed with the, he's always oh, a starter. They're going to make him a starter with the Nats. I was just looking over, obviously, the Mets bullpen, and he's not in it. Um, and whatever. I mean, the bullpen, there's a bunch of arms in there. You know who the main guys are going to be. You have it, Fleegs? Yeah, you, Fleegs has, he already has the roster put together. So Ruff is going to remain on the team? So right now, I have it if they, on the 26-man roster, and that they might still get that, you know, the fluky two guys that could start the extra week. Who knows what they do, but the real 26-man roster, right? I think there are 12 locks right now, and then spot 13 becomes Ruff. LeCastro, maybe Alvarez or Beatty hits so well in spring training that right. you can't keep them off. So but let's right now, out. Yeah. leader in the clubhouse for that last spot would probably Darren Ruff primarily as your backup first baseman, not getting any at-bats. So what are we looking at? I know the starters. What are we looking at on the bench? Right, so the Vogelback fam, you can combine as one spot, plus fam is your fourth outfielder. But oh, they're both going to be... Uh, okay, so fam... So this is the bench we're starting with. Vogelback... Oh, I shouldn't say bench because one of those guys is going to be the DH. Right, but, okay. but the other one is a bench player right. to start. Narvaez is your backup catcher. Right. Guillaume. Right. And then Ruff would be 13. And that's so they're, it. They're, they're, well, they're going to probably carry 13. Maybe they did 14 early on if there's the whole you know fifth starter thing. They don't need it right away. But 13 is the number I would think they would try to carry so for most of who? the season. Ruff, LeCastro, and then Alvarez or Beatty, who I agree with right, you. Right, they're the, not going to start the, the plan year. The plan is to start. They would have to so Darren go Ruff is nuts be on in the spring team. training. I mean, Darren Ruff is going to be on the team to start the year. I, mean, that's I think the he's your backup first baseman. And he only played, well, and Pete Alonso doesn't sit, so he'll be there. Why? I don't think you're going to see him a lot. If I were to ask you, what do you think the easiest position to find a player at in Major League Baseball, what would what would your answer be? Because I know mine off the top of my head. Well, I, I know where you're going. I would say outfield, just a general outfielder. Okay. I Second w- at first base. Yeah. Yeah. First base slash DH. Like, it's the easiest thing you could find. But yeah, remember, we're, we're advocating for somebody who, based on, because we all hate Darren Ruff after those two months, with the guys out there, we are advocating for somebody who 
in their career has been worse, whereas they're just going to bet, listen, Darren Ref, Ruff probably can't be that bad again, and if he is after the first couple weeks of the season, we'll move on. I'm not even, honestly, I mean, Ruff to me is insignificant. I, maybe he'll bounce back, and I know he's got the track record, and I generally like guys like that. Veteran guy, he could at least play a little first base, right-handed bat. Maybe he relaxes in year two here, no pressure to start the year. Vogelback is my issue. How could they not be able to find a better left-handed bat that could play a little bit of first base and that maybe can run the bases? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. How could you not find that guy? Well, because this is where you – I you. It's, I, I agree you with you. It's not personal. Well, I don't love him. I just agree. The numbers are the numbers. Most of the guys people call and advocate for, there's more name recognition. Daniel Vogelback's numbers against righties. Listen, he can't face a lefty. He, the numbers are better. You're but at, that's my point. The is that they're, all, they're looking that at they the numbers. Somebody else. You're at, you want somebody who was worse. No, numbers-wise you're talking about. I want somebody who could actually play baseball. I don't want to see Daniel Vogelback on the base paths. He clogs the base paths up. If he's not driving in runs and hitting home runs, he's useless, and that's not his game. But he's, he's, in, but in his time with the Mets, he did drive in runs and hit home runs. Not enough. He wasn't a good five-hitter to me, and he's all, he's inconsistent throughout his course of his career. They're, do they want versatility or not? And if you don't, then get somebody who can hit home runs. If Daniel Vogelback was a true power bat, they wouldn't need another power bat. That's my issue. The guy goes up there looking for a walk. It drives me insane. He's looking for walks. Buck has got to be thinking to himself, this guy is looking for walks like I want him on the base paths. I mean, you basically need two players for one. You want Terrence Gore to have the eye that Daniel Vogelback has. That's what he should be doing. Terrence Gore, when he goes up there, or LeCastro, they should be having the plate discipline that Vogelback has. And then they can get on and do something with it. Not Vogelback. Vogelback, you want to be driving the baseball. That you got to be Vogelback is a BC Met. That's the best way I think I could describe him. He is a BC Met before Cohen. After Cohen, you cannot sell me a lineup with Daniel Vogelback. A cast off by the Pirates and Brewers, for goodness sake. The Pirates. This guy was on the Pirates. They stink. Those are the type of players the Pirates have to find. Hey, we can't afford to pay anybody that's a real baseball player. Why don't we get this guy? Because he's got decent numbers. He might be able to get on base for us. That's what drives me nuts. Especially. Now, look, with Correa, I didn't want Vogel back on the team either. All the lineups that were filled out, I'm like, how do you think the Mets are going to go into the season after just spending another $300 million on Carlos Correa? They're going to have Daniel Vogel back as their DH? Meanwhile, they were probably going to do that, and now they're definitely going to do that. It's just not good enough. You want to be taken seriously? Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Yankees. Look at the Astros. Look at the Braves. Not saying there's perfect lineups, one through nine in every one of those cases, but the Mets are weaker than the strongest team. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan. 
877-337-6666. What is up with the calls the last two nights? I feel like we've been a little light. I would be thinking that, man, people be going nuts about the Giants nonstop wanting to talk about their team that hasn't been in the postseason in forever, on the verge of big things here, huge game Saturday night in Philadelphia. Doesn't get much better than that. I mean, they're only, you know, three more steps that they could take here. Actually, two more steps. One more toward the championship game, and then one more toward the Super Bowl. That's it. I mean, where are the Giant fans at? Come on. Are the Giant fans not believing? Is that what this is? Are they worried that they're going to get hammered by Philadelphia? And it doesn't even matter if you get hammered. I mean, if you lose the game, it's still losing to Philly. I am not going to bet this game. Actually, I shouldn't say that. If I do bet the game, I'm taking the Giants and the points because I do not want to root for the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like Philadelphia. I don't like Sirianni. And I do like Brian Dable. I do like New York. So I will be rooting for the Giants in this one, plus my wife, who I'm hoping will watch the game with me Saturday night because I'm going to be home watching the game. And, you know, it's nice to have some company. She'd rather probably just be upstairs and watching, you know, Real Housewives or whatever crap is on DVR. But I'd like to actually watch the game together. You know, maybe get a nice little cuddle session in. Anyway, I'd like to watch the game with her. And she might have interest because, A, it's the Giants. And, B, she hates Philadelphia because her best friend's ex-husband is a diehard Eagles fan. You know, keyword ex-husband there. So we can't have him being happy. So what does that mean? Got to root against the Eagles. I told the story the other day with Moose. We were watching the, I had the Seahawks and Niners game on in the main room upstairs, you know, with my daughter there and my wife to to get things started. I was like, all right, I'll hang out up here, but we got to put the game on. And then my wife was joking around. She heard me rooting for the Niners. She goes, oh, go Niners, beat the Eagles. Because she saw a Seahawks logo, a logo that she thought was the Eagle. And I was like, no, no, that's, that's not the Eagles. I know you hate the Eagles because of your best friend's ex, but that is not, in fact, the Eagles. Have to wait till next week. And who knew the Giants would be taking on the Eagles? Huge game Saturday night that I just cannot wait for. 877-337-6666. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this Thursday morning. Giants met so far have been the topics. Pat is calling from Plainfield, Connecticut. What's up, Pat? Hey, Sal. What's up, man? Big you fan. First, first time you. calling. Thank you. Appreciate you taking the time to call. What's on your mind? Uh, I just want to talk about the Giants-Eagles game. Uh, that guy from Philly, you got me all worked up talking about how the Eagles are going to knock the Giants out like Rocky or something. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, he's a Jet I've fan. I've been watching a lot of Rocky, too, so, you know. I love it. Which Rocky are you yeah. up to? You, you going through the Rockies in order? I, well, I, yeah, actually, my son, he's 18. He just got into it. And I was like, oh, man, you got to watch Rocky 1. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. So he got up to number four. He likes number four the best. Yeah. I, I mean, I love them all. And anytime they're on, I stop and watch. But I also like to, at least once a year, take time out to try to go through a little Rocky marathon myself. So I just finished right. one, and I love it. I mean, it's so inspiring. It's such. I like feel-good stuff. I know a lot of people like horror movies or thrillers or scary stuff, whatever. For yeah. me... I like to feel good after I watch a movie. Not scared to you know to death. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I was uh, telling Fleeks about I was listening to Bill Polian earlier talking breaking down the Giants Eagles game, and to your point about Saquon running the ball, he was saying that you know they come at you with waves of pass rushers, 
and what's the best way to negate the pass rush, run the ball. I think Saquon's going to have to have a big game on Saturday. Yeah, and I think they know that, right? We would trust right. the Giants, and I don't want to get into the whole minutia of it, but yeah, I would think that they know that they have to run the ball. Now, let's say that the run, for whatever reason, is not there. Well, then what? I mean, then the Giants are going to have a problem, but they are built right. on running the football, and I would be surprised I'm just going to try to look up the exact numbers here as far as carries goes and everything like that last week. But I would be surprised if you don't see a run heavy with Saquon, especially early on in this game in comparison to the wildcard game, which we saw a lot of Daniel Jones early on, where Jones by far the leading rusher in the game. Barkley only had nine carries overall, and they were nine impactful carries as he had the two touchdowns and the 53 yards. So I think you're going to see more of a balance where Saquon probably gets 20-plus carries alone, and you still have Daniel Jones maybe with 10 or more carries himself. Right. And, and, they, and oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he also was talking about the injury to Hurts and how he spoke with a physician familiar with the injury, and he said there's nothing that they can do for that injury, including – there's no injection that he can take. So, I mean, if he gets hit and in the game, I mean, who knows what could happen. Well, that's what I mean. You, you know? don't know. I'm anticipating. You, you don't know, Pat, and thank you for taking the, t- uh, the time to call. We appreciate it. I'm anticipating he's going to be healthy and ready to play the whole game. I mean, anybody could get Daniel Jones could get hurt. We're, we're focused on Jalen Hurts going in. What happens if Daniel Jones takes a hit? God forbid, and he gets concussed or whatever it may be. I mean, when you're running 17 times, you're putting yourselves in harm's way. Now, it helped them win the game, but you notice they backed off of that a bit in the second half. You will not see Daniel Jones run the football 17 times. It's just not going to happen. That's what running backs are for. Let Saquon do some of the dirty work. And I would imagine you're going to get a heavy dose of Barkley, over 20 carries, and that number for Jones is going to come down. But injuries could happen at any moment to any player. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he could go out. He might, sure. But I would anticipate on having Jalen Hurts start and finish this game. Now, how effective will he be? That's a different question. Because I do think you look at it and at least have reservations about how healthy he could be. We have Marco in, who's about to get you updated. What are your plans for Saturday? You're a diehard Giants fan. you got to be pumped up after last week. Mm-hmm. Where'd you watch last week, by the way? Were you at home alone? Home or by myself. Wow, the dream. Yeah, I got lucky. My wife uh, had some mercy on me. She took the kids. Oh, said, I'm not even going to come you. home during the game. I'm going to leave you alone until it's over. Did you crack open a drink, or were you practicing I'm not dry much of January? a drinker. So, okay. no, there was, but it, I was able to, um, you know, yell and complain and do all the things that you want to do by yourself and not worry about anybody, you know, calling the cops or anything. All right, what do we got on? You, by the way, you know that that happened one time with uh, with Russo. Somebody called the cops <laughs> the night the, the the Giants lost the bad game. Maybe they lost the World Series or something. I don't know. The Giants, San Francisco well, like Giants. an angel game, maybe from 0-2? Yeah, well, it had to be later than that because I was on the board for them. It was something happened where the Giants had a horrible loss. Dog comes in the next day, all disheveled. I didn't get any sleep last night. Someone called <laughs> someone called the cops to his house and said that there was a domestic dispute going on. <laughs> because the Giants lost. That is a true story. True story? 
Can you imagine dog yeah, coming in? You know in? what? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can. It was all disheveled and shaking. It was like a scare. Can you imagine the cops showing up at your house at you know two in the morning, whatever it may be? Yeah. You know what? And that's why, like, I, and I, I think I'm pretty, you know, mild mannered or whatever. Right. But I do remember one, like in in 07, I remember when the Giants were playing the Bucks in the wild card. Uh, it was a Sunday. I think it was like an early Sunday. But I remember my wife. I don't think we were living together yet, but whatever. She was doing laundry like down at the end of the apartment complex. So it's like at the end of the bed. Right. But I had the whatever the glass door, I guess, open. Yeah. So she's doing laundry. She comes back. She was like, I can hear you inside the laundry room, like down at the end of the complex downstairs. Yeah. She's like, you've got to calm the hell down, and you got to close this thing before we get the cops called on us. And I'm like, it's the playoffs. I don't care. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'll I, deal with them. Like, I, I don't care. Right. You have to be careful in those spots, but you're right. It's the playoffs. So what do you got this weekend? Saturday night now. I I'm mean, hoping my plan is the hope is that the wife will take the kids again. and go to my in-laws and actually maybe spend the night. So maybe I can get the whole night. Oh, and a full night of sleep in your own bed, nobody bothering you? Oh, what I'd give for that. You ain't kidding. So it's going to be, hopefully, now, I haven't been promised this yet. That's my hope. You know, we still have, and look, I let my wife control this stuff. She's, I, I work the overnight, she's home with the baby, she's raising the baby, not by herself, but a lot of the time by herself. Yeah. She wanted to have the baby in bed with her from the beginning. You know, she's still not two, but she's still in the bed. Mm -hmm. So when I get home at six in the morning, I have to maneuver my daughter out of my freaking way. And I, the one thing, like, I always wanted, I wanted the king-size bed. I don't want to be messing around. You know, my wife's one of these, oh, we want to cuddle. I'm like, no, we can cuddle when we're awake. <laughs> when we sleep, we sleep. Like, I don't want to be bothered. I want to sleep. But between now her, who used to be on top of me, and I'm just, get off. I need to sleep here. And now my daughter, it's like I'm curled up. and I got my dog on the bed. He comes ah, up. Ah, the dog there too, yeah. Yeah, the dog. Now, luckily, he knows his place at the bottom. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have him cuddle, come up and cuddle. But, like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah, I know my place too. You know where I sleep, Sal? Couch. Couch. <laughs> I'm well aware where my what place is. What happened to us? I sleep on the couch. We're men. No, we're not. We're not. We are not exactly. men. I, I think we are as men. We can't watch a game when we want. We can't sleep where we want. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Uh, my fat ass on the couch, and then my son coming down, who's now eight years old, basically lays on the top of my head yeah. for the hour that I get to sleep before getting up in the morning, and he's trying to like curl up with me on the couch. I'm like, dude, one, I'm too fat, and you're too big. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fall. <laughs> One of us is going to get hurt, and it's going to be me. So can you please? Uh, my father tried to warn me years ago. You sure you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, Dad? I'm in love. Yeah, I'm in yeah, love. There's experience. He there. didn't go into detail about, like, your bed. Yeah, I love my bed. Not yours anymore. Mm -hmm. What? What do you mean? Uh, have a kid. Mm, it's not yours. Mm. You, your life is over. But it is great. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah when yeah, uh, yeah, When's your yeah. wife, too? What, number three? May. Yeah. 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 All right, 877-337-6666. We'll get back Couch to your calls on the side. <laughs>